everyone and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, Scottish baseball podcast. I'm John McKellar, I play with the Glasgow Comets. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Jason, it's good to see you again this week. Uh, we've had a, a great week of baseball. Um, we had a, a full slate of three games this week to talk about. Um, we also have a really great guest coming on tonight. It's Casey McKenzie, the new manager of the Granite City Oilers. I believe the first uh, woman to manage a club in Scotland, uh, to my knowledge. You know, as far as I can remember, it is the first. Yep. Uh, so with uh, the strides that Aberdeen have made, especially uh, in breaking ground with women, more women getting involved in the game in recent years, I think that that's only fitting that that would be where that would happen. Um, what say we get right in about it uh, before we uh, get into the interview and talk about the scores uh, from this past weekend? Before we start, I want to wish my biggest fan, my daughter Dahlia, her eighth birthday. Happy birthday, Dahlia. I know you're watching in the other room, so and I hope you had a great birthday. A very, very happy birthday to Dahlia. Yeah, I remember it was uh, probably last summer. Uh, I helped the Dahlia and Daisy uh, build some sort of parlor uh, for dolls. Yeah, with Lego. Lego. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of Lego today. I have more Lego yeah. tomorrow and Thursday. <laughs> but we're letting her stay up late tonight so she can watch the show. And I wanted to make sure that I wish her a happy birthday. So. Yeah, yeah. Very happy birthday again to Dahlia. So uh, a full a full slate of games, both Triple uh, A games and there was also a single A game. We'll start off with the single A game because it was the first ever single A game played by the Table Breakers A Division team. Uh, they were victorious by a final score of seven to five over the Edinburgh Knights. So the Knights, the, the Knights, they dropped to one and one on the season, uh, with the Table Breakers starting off to a one and zero record, which. After the start that the Tapor Breakers AAA team have made, Jason, that's uh, quite astounding that they're four and zero combined uh, after the after the, the tough the slog that they had last season. Um, they've really turned it around, and like we were talking uh, with with Jason West last week, um, you know the, the 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 passion and the effort and the work that they put into making that team as good as it can possibly be, and it looks like that's really started to pay dividends on both levels. They're doing really well. I'm, I'm impressed by how far they've done. They've come a long way from uh, what joined Owen 14 to where they are now. You can only be proud of what they've done. Yeah, and uh, Shin Yen obviously a big part of their AAA start. So the Tapeport Breakers lost this past weekend. The Edinburgh Cannons beat them 13 to two. The Edinburgh Cannons are three and zero. So that's a big win for the Cannons after the Breakers' excellent start. Um, obviously, the Breakers they beat the Knights in the single A game. So the Breakers start, uh, open up with a 1-0 and record on the season. The Knights fall to 1-1 and after an excellent performance against their Comets back, uh, back last Sunday. Um, the Edinburgh Diamond Devils were at home to the Glasgow Galaxy and were victorious by a score of 7-2. to So the Galaxy have uh, picked up their first loss of the season. The Diamond Devils pick up their first win. And in the other game, uh, the Glasgow Comets AAA beat the... Granite City Oilers by a final score of 24 to 3. Um, I want to focus in on the Comets game a bit. Um, there were quite a few talking points. Um, the Oilers pitcher um, was very good through about three innings. The Oilers actually jumped out to an early 3 nothing lead um, and looked, looked pretty good for it as well. Um, they had a home run from uh, Pat the Canadian. We have had uh, a bit of trouble <laughs> figuring out how to pronounce his last name. I think it's either Meisel or Mousel, um, but some people thought it was Musel, so <laughs> we'll just call him Pat. Uh, so very big congratulations <laughs> to him. Uh, I know Pat that, the Bat, know, come on, let's just call him Pat, Pat the Bat. Pat, I don't know if Pat's got a nickname now, but he's now Pat <laughs> the Bat, just to keep him serious. 
like Pat Burrell, uh, the old uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Philly, I believe. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the the game in Glasgow was quite a, quite an offensive heavy one. You know, it was three nothing uh, to the Oilers early on. I think where things probably started to turn around was when David Flores made his return to the Comets from injury. Um, David has uh, an excellent arm on him and. He's been struggling with a bit of a hamstring problem in the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, he made it down a wee bit late um, and managed to get into this game. From there, it looks like he settled the Comets quite a bit and then the Comets bats managed to come to life. Uh, finally, after two weeks of trying, really, um, and, and largely not being able to hit on all cylinders, 24-3 um, the final score. And... Uh, Sounds like sounds like it was uh, an interesting game, uh, like very much a game of two halves, as they say in football. Because <laughs> of the early going, it looked like it was being dominated by the Oilers, and then the second half of it, uh, the Comets came to life. Wait, did, did you say twenty to forty three? Twenty four to three. Twenty four to three. Okay, I was like, <laughs> wow, we 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 had an American football score. We lost by three touchdowns. I, I, I heard that absolutely wrong. <laughs> You have to excuse me. I've, I've had a very busy weekend with my mother-in-law and my, my eight-year-old and all that. So I, I had, had yeah. a chance to check the score. So uh, <laughs> you get you get a pass this week. I think everybody gets right. a pass this week. This has been a complete disaster so far. See Kelly, that's my my teammate Chris Kelly. He's on Twitch. He says twenty-four-three. Print it, frame it. <laughs> and he also says happy birthday, Dahlia. So uh, she's a very popular young lady today. Uh, in the in the ball caps and bagpipe circles, uh, let's talk the standings uh, very quickly. We'll just go to the AAA standings here. The Edinburgh Cannons, not the Bakers, as I uh, erroneously suggested earlier, are three and zero. They are first place and are ahead of the Glasgow Galaxy in the table of breakers, who are tied in second with two and one records. The ties the. Edinburgh Diamond Devils and the Glasgow Comets are tied for fourth place. They're on one and two records. And the sixth place, Granite City Oilers, are currently 0 and 3. Um, in the single A, the single A division, the Tapeport Breakers have only played once. They are first by a half game after winning their opening game. They're 1 and 0. The Knights and Comets are both 1 and 1. They're in second place and in fourth and last place at the moment. Glasgow Galaxy, single A, they're 0 and 1. So that's the roundup from this weekend. We managed to just about get <laughs> after a lot of technical problems, a lot of just problems in general, to be honest. Today. You um, lay that one down on me. I, I got on the show 10 minutes before live, where usually we're good for about a half an hour there. Well, just anything out. Yeah. I, I was eating cake. <laughs> Lots of cake. I mean, Sugar high is kicked in. <laughs> if ever there was a legitimate excuse, eating cake is going to be it, surely. Uh, you just have to wait. The eight-year-old girl's cake is nothing but rainbows and unicorns and purple icing and lots of sugar and sprinkles. I don't see anything wrong with that, Jason. <laughs> I'll bring you a case to Glasgow when I come through. All right. Sounds brilliant. Um, well, how about we meet halfway? I'll bring some Tim bits to you halfway and you can bring me some birthday cake. How about that? All we'll right. Do like Sounds a, like a plan. We'll, we'll do, do a like like a gang, like a gangster, like trade somewhere in our dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> Ten bits and birthday cake. Yeah. yeah, you just have to leave it in the garbage can, so I've got to fish it out, right? And then you get yeah. all those things. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, with the disaster that this show has been for the first ten minutes, we need that we need somebody to come in and save it. And uh, it's at this point I'd like to bring in our guest, Casey McKenzie of the Granite City Oilers. And she's coming on. There we go. 
Hi there, Casey. Hi. Thanks so very much for joining us, the new manager of the Granite City Oilers. Um, Casey, we're going to start from the beginning. However, this is your first time on the show. Uh, would you like to, first off, give us a bit of a rundown on how you got involved in baseball and where your baseball experience uh, goes back to? Um, well, to be honest, I actually started taking Erin along to the youth training that started up back in 2018, at the beginning of the year. and. Um, it just kicked off from there, really. I mean, within a couple of sessions, I was helping out. Um, so just helping the younger kids and stuff. And then um, all of a sudden I was on the committee and I was fundraising um, manager or something like that on the committee. Um, and I managed to help find them some space to store their kit because I work right next to the field. So it just kicked off from there, really. And uh, so did you have an interest in baseball before you started taking Erin, who also plays for the Oilers and I believe is your relative, let's say. Oh, my daughter. <laughs> I'm not going to date you, so. Is she come on and say hi? Come on, stick your head in say yeah. hello. Oh, my God. I've got to lean <laughs> over. Hi. Oh, there we go. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> a, a live show, not even that. A live show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I totally interrupted your flow there, John. <laughs> okay. That's quite all right. Yeah. So, did you have an interest in baseball prior to that? Um, um so I that come from? played a little bit at school, um, but not really. Um, there wasn't really any opportunities for us at that age going back quite a long time now so um as far as i was aware there was no baseball in aberdeen um but as it turns out my dad used to play baseball um and i had a cousin as well who played a lot in high school but other than that i hadn't really thought of it because i didn't think there was any opportunities in scotland so you t talk to us about how you ended up involved uh, with the club in a bit more detail. Then you you mentioned that you started to help out. Do you, do you play, or are you more or less just a kind of more of a groundskeeper slash manager slash umpire slash kind of utility person in terms of what they need you to do around the field? Well, that's how it started. <laughs> um, I was just helping out, basically helping out with the youth, um, and then I got super involved in that and took over the youth when um, there was no one else available. Um, so I started playing with the kids, basically. Um, I would train with the adults um, when Erin started going um, to the adult sessions. Um, and then, well, there was we were running low on umpires as well. So I started umpiring. Um, I think that was 2019. Um, and then, well, I just started moving up further into the committee, basically, and I got invited on to Baseball Scotland Committee and invited on to the Women's Baseball UK Committee. Um, so I'm one of the board members there, um, which then led into starting the Thistles. Um, and I started playing at last season, I think it was, um, mm. just pretty much on the development team. And then obviously by the end of the season, we were losing players. So I did end up starting to play on the AAA team. 
So that's a bit of an unusual trajectory into the game yeah. for for a, for someone who's involved. Normally, you would expect, generally speaking, that someone would start playing. Uh, they would have an interest in the playing side, and then they would start to play. Then they would work into the sort of administrative side. Yeah. Do you find that there were any unique challenges for you, given that you hadn't played before when you started to work uh, alongside the the club? Well, I mean, I'm a good ten. 20 years older than some of them so um i suppose the the biggest challenges for me has been fitness um because i hadn't done anything like that in years um yeah just just trying to keep up with everyone basically <laughs> so do you find that the management side of things is more to your pace then uh, is it is it something you enjoy doing more than playing or is playing something you would like to get more involved with i'd rather play than be on the management side of it because um, <laughs> that is it's at the moment i think because of the situation that we're in with players it is so stressful um so i've pretty much handed over the the team side of it and organizing the team and the players for each games and stuff. I've handed that over to the two head coaches, which is um, Pat and David Johnson, um, because I, I just find it's just too much for me. Yeah, let's 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 get into that a wee bit more then. Um, in this past off season, obviously we saw the departure of Stephen Evans from Aberdeen. He's down in Sheffield and he does work now with uh, WB uh, UK, I believe. Uh, he's quite yeah. heavily involved with the coaching side of that. Um, and quite GB, a lot yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of players and especially key players left Aberdeen as well in the off-season. Yeah. It was kind of a perfect storm of things you don't want to happen uh, to your club. Um, now, this is in a situation where, you know, in 2019, you had both the Express and the Oilers and it looked like mm -hmm. things were really looking up for Aberdeen baseball. Yeah. You know, pandemic happening and things being as they are with students and people who maybe work away. Um, players have started to come and go. You've now been handed the reins as manager of the Oilers. What what are some of the toughest challenges that you've had to face this past off season? Uh, outside, obviously, of the obvious um, player management in terms of trying to keep all the people. Well, keeping people for starters, um, we've had, I think it was either four or five pitchers leave this season, uh, just before this season, uh, and two um, catchers left as well. Um, then right before the seasons kicked off, we had first base leave, um, which is completely understandable. That wasn't due to um, the team lacking in players or whatever. It was more for um, travel. Yeah. Um, getting to Aberdeen was bad. Um, and then we had centre field leave and then we had shortstop picture leave. And it was just... It just all seemed to happen all at once. Mm. Um, so luckily, we've still got a catcher, possibly two catchers. Um, our biggest problem right at this very moment is we're lacking in pitchers. Erin um, pitches, but she's not strong enough um, to pitch a full game yet. She can mm -hmm. maybe pitch an inning or two. Um, we, we just don't have anyone... To pitch full games at this moment, so that's that's so you, our biggest problem. So you basically use the kind of bullpen committee sort of way of trying to get through games, like the old Tampa Bay yeah. Rays opener <laughs> and then followed by the follower and all the that. Old Tampa Bay Rays. It's still the Tampa Bay Rays do that kind of nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. How so? This is basically a rebuild year. Yeah, it's it's more or less yeah. a let's keep who we've got left, consolidate, and then come back next year. Hopefully, we'll manage to drum up some more interest in the off season. Um, yeah. How much of a an eye do you have on next season already? Given that. Um, while we're only a couple of weeks into this current season, you guys aren't fielding in single A division team this year, um, and obviously there's been some struggles in the early weeks. Um, you've managed to get through the first three games. <coughs> um, how do you how do you plan to attack that uh, moving forward into kind of the latter half of this year, and then starting with next year, hopefully a full a full more of a full squad. Well, I mean, at the moment we're we're taking it week by week. Um, we don't have many drivers either, so our mm. biggest um, problem at the moment is actually getting to away games. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice if we could just, you know, hire a minibus or whatever, but there's not really that much options up here for anything under three, four hundred pounds just for the day. So mm-hmm. um, that's a struggle. Um, but we do have players coming in at the moment. Um, we've got brand new players turning up every day um every day we have training we you know there's always somebody new who you know it's it's people we can build on um we've got a lot of fresh talent coming in from the university and the college as well so it's it's just it's tough trying to find the time to train as well, I mean, this season for us, it seemed like the season kicked off way too early. <laughs> um, you know, we'd only had, I think it was one training session when the schedule was released. And because of snow, um, every time we were due to train, it would snow. So, you know, mm. I think we only managed two training sessions before the season kicked off. So it was, it was a bit of a shock. I think that across the league, that actually... I don't think that's unique to Aberdeen. I think across the league, I think a lot of teams sort of were still in that 2021 mode of like a later start because it did feel like opening day really sort of just sprung up on us out of nowhere this year, Um, especially considering like, I think there was a lot of, obviously we've seen uh, when we were speaking to Paul Convoy a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a lot of different changes that were made to both the rules of the the different leagues and also structure of the the divisions themselves. Um, So I think a lot of that took quite a long time to sort of iron out. Um, and then from there, uh, like you say, your 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 club, your participation has been hampered by players leaving by the kind of it's almost like they're leaving them by the boatload. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Yeah. yeah. It's it's been such a frustrating off season, and particularly just the last the latter half of the off season. Um, and you guys, I think, have been really left quite badly handicapped by that um, from a from a league standpoint because you've kind of got to fast track these new people that are appearing uh, into the AAA team as well as um, trying to sort of keep the people that you still have around you. Um, how confident are you at the moment that you guys are going to keep the, that core that you still have and build on that um, between now and, say, the All-Star break? Um, you know, we're, we're pretty confident. The people that we've got coming in and trying it out um, really enjoy it. And we've been lucky because they've picked it up really quickly. Um, we had a couple of players on the field on Sunday there and they'd only been to like two training sessions, you know, so, you know, they'd, and they'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, they, they pick it up really quick. It was, it, we have a very young team um, when you look at them age-wise as well. Um, on the field this Sunday just passed, we had 14-year-old, a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old. So um, we have to make do with what we've got. And they're really trying and they're giving it their all. They don't know the rules. Some of them don't know the rules yet, but, you know, they're picking it up as they go along and they're doing well. That's it. I mean, Jason, you you can tell us all about a certain team from 2008 um, that a year earlier were all 14, 15, 16-year-olds. And what did they do that year? They went 0-16 for the season. And what did wow. they do the following season? They won the league. Exactly. <laughs> um, so. Does the fact that you have such a plethora of very young talent give you any um, sort of cause for confidence and momentum moving forward? Um, I like I've mentioned uh, before, maybe starting with next season in particular, when you've got like a full season of these uh, kids, who, which is what they still are. Um, yeah. they've, got, they've got quite a bit of baseball under their belt already, quite a bit of experience. Um, are, you, are you feeling quite confident that moving forward from next season on, that these guys are going to stick around? And uh, how are you feeling about their potential as a, as a club? Um, well, I, I think they've, they all have loads of potential. They, they all really want it. They've, they've come along um, to the club looking to belong somewhere, looking to... Um, just get involved with something and they're going at it full steam. You know, every training they're there, they're doing their best. They're listening to everything that's being said. And you can see that they're really, really enjoying it. And that is the main thing is that they're enjoying it. Like we we might have lost on Sunday, but every single person was smiling at the end of the day because we had a great day. Hmm. And that's what it's about. Now you guys, you guys came out of the blocks pretty hard early on in that game. It was three nothing uh, Oilers until I think about the f- third or the fourth, um, and they, it was then that the Comets um, sort of started hitting. And um, it looks like the guys pretty much found their found their stride at the wrong time for the Oilers. I mean, we've struggled quite a bit at the plate the first two games of the season. Um, we've scored some runs, but we haven't had a chance to really have like that rally. And it just seems like the Comets clicked at the exact time that the Oilers. Um, we're starting to build a bit of momentum. Um, and I think with that also came David entering the game, who is a, a guy who has so much more experience than than, than probably anyone of these kind of... You could probably take the youngsters that are on the Oilers and combine their experience, and David has probably got more experience than them combined. Uh, and, and he's the pitcher who throws, what would you say, Jason, about 80, 85 at his hardest? Scary, scary yeah. pitching, yeah. yeah. He throws very hard, he can locate his pitches, and um, for him to come into that game when you guys were just kind of starting to lose the momentum, um, I think that that was probably where the, the game went off the rails a bit. Um, if you can if you can perform for over half of the game like that against such a lineup as the Comets, I don't see any reason why there there isn't there, there's there's obviously scope for improvement there, and I think that if uh, if those kids stay at it and keep and stay as hungry as they are, and um, that that could potentially go a long way. Now, what I wanted to ask you from a management standpoint, um, with like apropos of that, is how do you manage playtime um, to ensure that they are kind of overdoing it? And um, obviously, if they're youngsters, they, there is always the there's always the kind of risk, uh, if you will, of overtraining, overperforming, and, and potentially then burning themselves out. How do you keep their arms fresh, um, given that you don't necessarily have great depth most weeks at the moment? Um, well, we haven't actually managed to get a lot of pitching training in um, for most of them at the moment. Erin hasn't done 
much this season at all, to be fair. Um, there is new training um, that they're setting up on Saturday mornings um, for anyone who potentially wants to be a pitcher. It looks like we do have a pitcher that's coming. Um, I think he played with the uni team um, and he's good. So I'm going to, I'm just going to keep my finger on that one. <laughs> yeah, you keep that ace in your pocket for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a we have a great comment from Lawrence Cameron. Uh, Aberdeen players are just built different. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> yeah. um, we saw that with the table breakers last year. Actually, that you know they were a team who were putting bat on ball and they were getting, they were kind of doing everything right. They were doing the fundamentals right. They were getting the bat on the ball, but they just didn't have the pitching. Um, the depth in the pitching and then Shin Yen came along toward the end of last season he's obviously we, we call him the professor because he's not only he's not only an actual doctor he is uh, a doctor of pitchonomics I guess you could call him the guy who knows pitching uh, as well as anybody that I've ever faced in this league um, and then they won uh, kind of the last game of last season they had a really deep cup run and then at the start of this year they've looked absolutely, they've looked absolutely excellent Um We've got a great comment from Scott Black here. Overtraining, try catching a full long double header. Now I caught not even I caught like about six batters worth of an inning uh, just over a week ago, and I was absolutely exhausted. That was absolute fuck. I can't I can't I can't imagine catching a double header. <laughs> So that's just insane. Um, hopefully we won't see that many double headers. Um, Moving forward, obviously there there will be some situations where a single A player will have to step in in a Triple A game, um, and unfortunately, it looks like that might bite the Oilers a bit more than than other teams at this at this particular moment. It sounds great though that you obviously are actively recruiting. Um, yeah. Got interest. You've got people who have shown up and they've got a, a drive to succeed. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they've got some raw talent as well. So that's that's excellent to see. Um, what are your with that in mind? What are your kind of goals for the next couple of years um are you looking to just consolidate and make sure that you're sticking around or do you have do you harbor still um a desire to compete for trophies um, um you've so you've mentioned the the picture that you have potentially coming in is this potentially yeah. a game changer for you that you think could be that last oh, piece yeah. That you need? yeah without a doubt without a doubt um you know, we're obviously we're training up um, some people for pitching as well, but we have potentially, if he comes to us, I mean, he said he's coming, so we, I suppose we just have to wait and see. Um, but it, it could change things for us, definitely at home games, um, but we're still going to have problems getting enough people for the away games. Um, we'll be doing extra training, pitching training, um for the ones who want to at least give it a go, build up their arms, show them the right exercises, show them how to do it properly so they don't burn out um, and just go from there. Now, you've mentioned the issue with travel um, to away games. Has there been any discussion with Paul or with anyone else around the league about switching to a closer venue for all, for all parties? So, like, instead of you guys playing home games in Aberdeen, we would meet halfway, or vice versa. Instead of you guys travelling to, say, Glasgow or Edinburgh, there would be a, maybe a, somewhere in, in between. Has there been any discussion about that? No. <laughs> no, not yet. Um, <laughs> but 
the good thing is about having so many young people on the team is that there is a lot of them that have the free bus travel. Mm-hmm. So that is always going to be an option. However, with Erin being as young as she is, um, she's still only 14, I wouldn't want her travelling on her own. (laughs) Um, And she would have to obviously go down with some of the players that she knows um, in trust. Um, But that's always going to be an option if if it gets to that stage again. Yeah, now we have another good, another good comment for Lawrence Cameron. Simply eat, sleep, and live in the catching position. I've got logs, legs like a frog now. I think the answer to his previous question was that Aberdeen, Aberdeen players are just built differently. So apparently yeah. they're like frogs. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, we do our best. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, um, so yeah, like what one other thing I wanted to touch on was your uh, forces experience, Casey. Um, now, obviously, the the forces are built on you know values of discipline, and um, they teach you a lot of different skills in terms of well, everything. Really, they, they teach you in particular like leadership skills. Do you feel that you have any particularly transferable skills from your time in the forces uh, that you are able to lean on in difficult times like this, when 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 the clubs maybe struggling for players? Well, I know how to give them in trouble. If that's what you mean. I don't know. I mean, I just see that. I suppose that training that I had um, has left an impression on me, and it's it's just who I am now. I mean, uh, I was a supplier, or I think they're called logistics technicians or something. Now it's something completely different. Um, um, so it was basically I stored parts and I issued, you know, kit um, or aircraft wheels, you know, just all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose I'm good at organising or you we wouldn't have a team this To do the little threaten everybody to see that you could snap them in half with your pinky. <laughs> now they know that you're a logistics manager. You know, they might not take you as seriously. You, you could have said, you know what? I can't even talk about stuff uh, I did, you know? <laughs> you know, it's you know, yeah. basis. So. Well, I mean, I played, I, played I played a lot of sport in the RAF as well. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they're they're scared of me, anyways, because I do the mom look. So, <laughs> so it's fair enough. I know the mom look well. I get the mom look still. <laughs> yeah. I, I get scared. So, his motherhood then it's prepared you more for the. I mean, given the mental maturity of most of the players in this league, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think half of them were calling me mom the other day, actually. So, yeah, I'm used to it now. <laughs> Um, so you're a motherly figure for a young club who have a lot of potential, some raw talent there. Um, you've, you've gotten off to a difficult start, but most teams do when they're in a rebuild. Obviously, we've mentioned the Glasgow Baseball Association of 2008. Um, they went 0-16, then won the league the following year. You have uh, caught a picture that you're suspiciously confident in. Yeah. So- so um, it looks like uh, the, the kind of potentially the second half could be uh, a much better time for you guys, and hopefully you'll manage to get 
close to that fourth place and get into the Caledonia Cup. If not, then next season could potentially be when we'll start to see you guys really consolidate again and mm-hmm. uh, come back to being the Oilers that we know. Um, I mean, we've seen Aberdeen, uh, the Aberdeen Express finished in second place just a couple of seasons ago. Uh, that club is obviously no longer there, so it would be the Oilers kind of flying the flag for Aberdeen. Um, so I wish you guys uh, all the very best of luck with the rest of the season. Uh, thank, thank you so you very much. much. Casey, we'll let you go for now. Um, and uh, I'll see you in either in Aberdeen or in Glasgow very soon. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks, bye bye. So many thanks again to Casey McKenzie, manager of the Granite City Oilers, for coming on with us tonight. Um, I did want to point one thing out, Jason, and that's the wee bit of feedback that you gave me earlier tonight. It's the background. Um, Now, the background is my bedroom, which is uh, a bit of a mess. The reason being um, the kind of office area, if you will, is currently being renovated. I'm, I'm painting walls and getting my display all up and ready to go again. Um... So, Your shrine yeah. to uh, Thurman Munson is going to be ready <laughs> soon. Is shrine to Thurman Munson isn't quite ready yet, exactly. Um, so I'll be moving back into the other room where there's not, there isn't like a bare bed and X Files posters and Guided by Voices album covers. It'll be baseball stuff. Um, so you you got some feedback that my background was quite shit. I know it is. And, uh, it's but, uh, I'm gonna get feedback from the feedback now. I'm in trouble. <laughs> how, many, how many of these has has this person won? I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm really great comment for Paul. So. <laughs> convoy. I want to believe too. Thank you, Paul. Um, I want to believe that, uh, that that I'll be ready to get back into my office uh, very soon within the next couple of weeks. Actually, like like everyone's saying, the season crept up on everybody. We were prepared for the season. We weren't sure what oh. was going to happen. So, no, so I, yeah. I still feel like we're we're still in spring training here. We haven't quite hit quite hit our stride yet. Yeah, I mean, if you knew about the technical issues we're having before, yeah, yeah. <laughs> season four has been a bit of a clusterfuck so far. I kind of but, feel like we like we're like the pitching. Like, all right, you're gonna change up this off season, and we're still trying to get the grips with it. That's kind of yeah, I feel. yeah, yeah. Or we're like get it cold without the sticky stuff at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's actually one other major league um, piece of news that just came out today that I wanted to touch to touch on with you, Jason. I know that you're going to despise this as much as I do. The San Diego Padres have announced that they will have on their jersey sleeve next season a Motorola patch, an advert. Now, the dreaded day has come. It's going to happen next season. And uh, <laughs> the Astros without Ben's man says Lawrence Kaplan. I'm Get loving it, guys. You guys are on fire with the comments tonight. It's been brilliant. Well, I love it. We'll just keep that up for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the San Diego Padres are going to wear an advertisement patch on their jersey next year. How do you feel about that, Jason? You know what? Like It, it already happened with the Nike jerseys. I saw a photo of the Motorola thing. It doesn't look too bad. It's not as gaudy as I thought it would be. I'm not a fan of it, but it's what it is. So you just kind of embrace it and kind of go hope it's somewhat discreet. I guess you could say, um, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's a two uh, by two patch. You, there's not much you can do. Um, yeah. I mean, and we've already got the swoosh on it. I, I've kind of just said it's coming, and, and I've kind of prepared myself for it. There's, there's no point in sitting there and arguing and fighting about it because they're already coming. Like we have no bad. They just have to be the first people that announce they have the patch yeah. on there. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're still kind of a far cry from football jerseys that have massive like 
NASCAR. NASCAR is what we're really good for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a patch there, it's a patch there, a patch there. What's that? See, is that a bit of black? Oh, we'll put a patch on it. <laughs> yeah. A wee bit of white there, oh, we'll put a patch on it. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's we're a far cry from that. It's just sad to see the death of kind of the traditional baseball uniform. Um, I mean, it's only fitting the death of traditional baseball has happened pretty much in the last couple of years. So we are very much moving into kind of a new age uh, for the game. Uh, some people will like this new version of the game. I personally don't. Um... <laughs> All right, Scott, who's your club? Scott, 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 who's your club? Come on. Scott, you clearly have a small city team. You're like a Twins fan or a Rockies fan or something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you audience. <laughs> We're gonna go as a D-backs fan. They need all the money they can get. Although saying that, the, the Pirates fed their whole payroll last year, or the last couple of years, on concession sales alone. So the the Pirates are our profitable club, and they yeah. literally sold hot dogs for their players. So, so yeah, there was there was an article about that one that, that, that literally like that you, <laughs> you can sell enough hot dogs to to fund your own team and the, the payroll for the A's is 30 million so you, you know what you buy enough beers and hot dogs you can own them it's how it should be it's how it should be jason um never mind all this 300 million dollar salary payrolls and all that it should be good old fashioned baseball without the dh chris i don't like the dh but it's just something we have to live with now it's universal it's a universal truth unfortunately that we just have to deal with. Anyway, um, this has been a clusterfuck, Jason, but it's been a pleasure. Let's quickly review this Sunday's matchups. We have for week four the Galaxy at the Breakers. The Glasgow Galaxy are visiting the Breakers. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, the Cannons visit the Aberdeen Oilers. So very best of luck to Casey's club with that game. The Cannons obviously um, coming out of the they've come out of the blocks swinging. Um, they're pitching really well. They're hitting really well. Um, what's what's the secret here, Jason? <laughs> how do we how do we how do we beat them? Uh, get them drunk the night before and hope they sleep with their alarm clocks. That's that's the best advice I'm gonna give you. Uh, you, you just got send them a couple of cases of beer. They sleep with the alarm clocks and you forfeit. That might be your best chance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the Comets are in Edinburgh to face the Diamond Devils. Um, at the same time as that, the uh, single-A Comets will meet the Edinburgh Knights for the second time. Um, we had a very tight game that ended 7-6 to six in favour of the Knights. Uh, not this past Sunday, but the previous week. So it's going to be interesting to see how that matchup uh, fares or bears out um, now that we've both seen each other. Um, I'm going to be there, so it's it's going to be interesting to play in that game again. Now I was absolutely rubbish at the plate in the single league game last week, so I'll be I'll be out for redemption. <laughs> uh, no problem there. Um, the Galaxy and the Breakers will also play in the single league division, so I think for the first time uh, we're going to have a full slate of single league games as well. Uh, two single league games and three triple A games, so it's a, a pretty busy weekend this week. Easter's all done with. Uh, we're, we're, we've gotten through the first couple of weeks. Where the jitters are, are hopefully now behind everyone, and we can all start to crack on and play some goddamn baseball. Yeah, uh, like I said, like the first month is kind of like everyone's warming up. Now, now everyone's going to hit their stride, and we'll see how things go till till about July, and then July will reassess everything. Yeah, July everybody will be knackered, and half years will be on holiday. <laughs> we'll have to start all over again, like we usually do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll do it for this week. Um, 
Well, yeah, we've got Lawrence Cameron says, uh, forget, forgot to say, I saw Tayport crack a bat when they visited this in Aberdeen last game. They're growing into the name breakers. Well, <laughs> man, Lawrence is, is hitting, hitting on all cylinders with a banter tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely on fire. This is brilliant. <laughs> It's been excellent. Uh, it's been excellent being on. Uh, as much as a, as much as we've had technical problems up the wazoo tonight, uh, thanks so very much to the commenters who've saved the show. Thank you again very much to our guest Casey, who was excellent. Um, we just uh, beyond that, uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. It's at Caps and Pipes, ball, uh, ball Caps and Bag Pipes on Instagram, and uh, obviously subscribe to you uh, the YouTube. Uh, search Ball Caps and Bag Pipes on YouTube. And subscribe to the podcast version at your podcast platform of choice. Um, if you're listening to the podcast version, a lot of this won't make sense because um, <laughs> it's going to be very heavily edited. <laughs> <laughs> the pitch is great. I love it. <laughs> That's what will happen when you make contact, Lawrence. You should try. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we should just leave the stream on and let these guys say. Uh, I, I okay. think we've got the Makies of a Royal Rumble going on here. We've got Lawrence <laughs> Scott going to have a wrestling yeah. showdown. This will be fun. Let's <laughs> call it a night and we'll have to separate these guys. Thanks again for watching. Uh-huh. Hey, guys. Uh, take care. Hope you guys had a great Easter weekend and good luck this next weekend, guys. All right. Take oh, care. Yeah.